Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Remember the 80s sitcom Growing Pains? Because I don't. No. I was in college. I wasn't watching that kind of stuff at that time. But later in life, I came uh, to be friends uh, with Kirk Cameron, who was one of the stars of that show. He grew up. He got a beard. He's got some children now. Uh, and he's on my program. Kirk Cameron, welcome, my friend. Good to see you. You cheer me up. I'm not kidding. You're one of these people like I just get blessed when I'm talking to you. Well, I love it. I, I love I love how you like to dish it out. You like to, you know, tease and mock a little bit. And then you offer a compliment and it all goes away. So well, I can't be mad at you. And, I, and, you know, I'm a Christian, so I got to forgive. It's a standard. Like but it's a standard, you know, the Don Rickles thing, he would say. <laughs> but we say these things in love. No, but I mean, teasing, I say this all the time, it's my love language. It's true. My mom is like that. You know, we kind of, we tease. It's kind of a way of connecting. Yeah. Uh, of course, some people could take it in the wrong way, but most people know, you know, that, that that is my love language. And if I'm not teasing you, that's a problem. But you, that, it's, That's it's, right. All right, so listen, uh, actually, the reason uh, you're the guest on my program today is because um, of a film uh, that you have made or you've been a part of about... Um, adoption it's called life mark now mm. i know we've talked about it before but for for people who missed that what is the plot of this film titled life mark so one day somebody sent me a link to a short documentary and it was the true story of an 18 year old girl who changed her mind on the abortion table she literally had a had a vision in her mind that that this was not supposed to happen to her baby. And so she rolled off the table, chose adoption for her child, hid the whole process from her parents by moving in with her boyfriend, hiding the pregnancy. She gave her child up for adoption, thought she'd never see him again. 19 years later, he reaches out to her and he connects with that young woman. She thinks he probably hates her for abandoning him, but he wraps her up in a, in a big embrace and says, I love you, thank you for the choice that you made. I love my life. I love my adopted family. And uh, it's an incredible story that is pro-life, pro-family, pro-love, pro-forgiveness, reconciliation, and new beginnings. Uh, it was in the movie theaters this last summer, just weeks after the Supreme Court decision came down overturning Roe v. Wade. So I, I see a big hand of providence in all this, Eric. Uh, a movie that celebrates the value of life in the womb and the beauty of adoption coming into the theaters and now on Pure Flix and DVD for the Christmas holidays right after the nation explodes over this issue of pro-life versus pro-choice. Okay, so the reason you're, you're on the program today, just to be clear, folks, is this film, which was in theaters, and we talked about it back then, is now available for you at home. Um, and what is the best way for people to find it? It's called Life Mark. Here it is right here. It's, uh, it's on DVD and Blu-ray. And um, you can go to uh, lifemarkmovie.com, lifemarkmovie.com, and you can find out where it is. But it's streaming on Pure Flix, and then it's uh, also coming out. Uh, you can get it everywhere on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. And it's streaming on Pure Flix. Um, That's right. Okay. So I often say that part of the battle that we're in uh, in America is um, 
that the, the left, and when I say the left, I mean the secular left, the people who are uh, uniformly pro-abortion, um, uh, tend to be hostile to expressions of faith, they yeah. really um, have over the decades uh, taken control of the narrative in the culture. And so you tend to hear certain stories or certain parts of the narrative over and over and over and over and other stuff you don't hear. And part of the example of that is we've all heard a million stories of, you know, this woman's life was ruined because she couldn't have an abortion or she had a back alley abortion or whatever. You, you hear those stories over and over and over. You never hear the stories uh, which I got to hear through my wife because she was running a, a pregnancy center here in New York of the women who chose to have an abortion and of how it ruined their life. It didn't bless them, but it hurt them. And they walked around with that wound. Mm. You don't, you yeah. don't hear those stories. We're, those women are told, shut up. We don't want to hear that. That's not part of the narrative. We want to hear how this empowered you and this was a great thing for you. We don't want to hear about your pain or your guilt. Uh, we just don't want to hear about that. It's important for those of us who care about these issues to get our side of the story out. It's not enough to be right. And, and this story is a classic example of that. How many stories of joy, of happiness, of fulfillment as a result yeah. of someone choosing life. Those stories tend not to make it into the mainstream media. Um, and those are exactly the kind of stories that I want to talk about on this program and anywhere I go to let people know, hey, folks, there are tons of people out there who, when they chose life, exactly the opposite of everything they were told is what happened to them. They were mightily blessed on levels that they didn't even yeah. think was possible. That's right. And that's what this is. That's what this movie is about. Life Mark is about it, – it's based on a story like that, and it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm grateful to you for, uh, for being a part of this film. Now, did you – were you one of the producers of the film? Because I know you're in the film. Yes. So I was uh, – I'm one of the three executive producers of the film. The Kendrick brothers are the others. And I'm also starring in the film as the adoptive dad. Uh, you know, Eric, one of the greatest joys of my life, I think uh, the, the most important role that I've ever played is the role of a dad, as a husband and as a dad. And four of my children are adopted. They came to me via adoption. So there was a story that occurred four different times out there of a young girl who, who found uh, out one morning that she was pregnant. This was an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, who knows where the dads were and the situations were all different, but this is a crisis in her mind. But then somebody along the way came alongside her and said, you can do this. There's a miracle growing inside of you. Um, God knew before the foundations of the world that this day was coming and everything that is needed for you to be the hero in this story has been prepared for you. And one way or another, she came to a place of choosing life for that baby. And then our prayers, me and my wife, get answered when an adoption agency comes and, and, and brings the two of us together, our children and us. And that's how our family got started. I am so grateful for adoption. I think adoption is something that people need to have. Um, we need to recapture the beauty of adoption. It's, it's amazing that it never gets brought up in the pro-life, pro-choice uh, discussion. But adoption, I think, is at the very heart, the center of the heart of God. It's at the center of, it's at the heart of the Christmas story, for, for, for goodness sake. A young woman wakes up one morning with an unplanned pregnancy from her human perspective, 
Mary, and then Joseph, full of faith and love for God and love for the mother, adopts this young boy, raises him as his own son. And here we have salvation, redemption, and reconciliation coming to the world uh, out of that story. I Actually, think people it, it will is have kind of amazing, right, around Christmas that, that that's the ultimate story. If you want to know what God thinks of adoption, we were saying this earlier, Kirk, that we've got to tell the world uh, about adoption. It's a beautiful idea. So when somebody says, oh, mm. I've got to terminate my pregnancy, they use that euphemism. You say, why would you do that? There are people out there who would be beyond delighted uh, to raise that child um, it's such a beautiful, beautiful idea. Adoption and the movie yeah. Life Mark um, tells that story. You and the Kendrick Brothers uh, executive produced it, and you are starring in it as the uh, that's as right. the adopted fa- as the adoptive father in the film. As the adoptive father, that's right. Okay, now I want to talk about you as an actual father in real life. Uh, you've got all these kids. You adopted four of them. Your youngest, uh, Olivia, just wrote a piece. That was published in Focus on the Family. T- talk about that because you sent that to me yesterday, and I thought if I've got you on the air, let me ask you about it. Well, I'm excited whenever any young person writes an article and uh, acknowledges that they understand the issue, that life is precious. Life is to be celebrated and defended at all costs. Without life, we don't have liberty. We don't have the pursuit of happiness. Nothing. It all goes out the window without life. And particularly this young generation is getting it. And my daughter uh, wrote an article that was published recently on the Focus on the Family website. It's called Reproductive Justice, which is uh, uh, the phrase that we hear a lot about now. Uh, Reproductive justice does not include abortion. And she explains in great detail and uh, very articulately why abortion is the opposite of reproductive justice. And uh, I was just so proud of her. I had to send it to you, Eric. I send it well, to everybody I it's, knew. It's, I think, you know, I've said this uh, a number of times. I even said it at the March for Life when I had the privilege of speaking briefly there a few years ago. Um, and I talk, I talk about the same theme in my book, Is Atheism Dead? Science is pointing more and more and more to the truth of God. And part of that truth is the humanity of the child in the womb that we now know and the younger generation knows it better than we did growing up because of the technology that's ubiquitous. It's obvious sonograms that what is in the womb we now know uh, is a human being. And when, when, when I was a kid, somebody could just say, well, who's to say or whatever the technology has made it more and more and more obvious. And, People of, of the generation uh, of our kids, they know. Uh, they, yeah, they they, it's harder for them to look away. And so this generation is a more pro-life generation because they, it's just undeniable. It's just an extraordinary it is, thing. It is, it, is, it is undeniable. And, um, you know, I remember when, when I, if I were to ask you, Eric, when did you, when, when did you first, uh, when, when was your wife a mother? Well, it wasn't when the child was born, but when the child was in her womb, then you know she's a mom. She's already taking care of that baby with how she eats. She's making sure she's taking care of herself. She's eating for two, right? That's when you became a dad. I became a dad is when our, when our wives were, were, were pregnant. Um, and I'm excited to see my daughter uh, pick up on this stuff and be so passionate about her, about it. You know, uh, no, one, no one told her to write this article. She just wrote it. And uh, it just lays out so many great arguments, but... This just just the idea that 
because a child is so small or because a child is unwanted or because a child is dependent upon the mother, those things don't erase personhood. And she makes that point really clearly. Uh, you know, uh, Hitler tried to erase personhood with the Jews by giving them all of these qualifications that made them uh, unworthy of being real people that needed to be uh, protected. And, and we're essentially doing the same thing with these little humans inside the womb. Uh, they need to be protected. Uh, otherwise, we go down that slippery slope and all of a sudden, you know, we're tossing grandma over the canoe and we're getting rid of disabled and elderly people just because, uh, you know, they're a drain on an economic system. Uh, we can't do that. We, we've got to protect all life at all costs everywhere we find it. And, and that is really another narrative that we have to get out there is that it is because of the Bible and the God of the Bible that we have That's had right. progress in terms of the idea that slavery is bad, that we are all equal 100%. Uh, in God's eyes. All of these ideas come out of the Bible and pagan cultures around the world and, and other cultures around the world that don't subscribe to what it says in the Bible. They have no problem with killing the elderly or letting the elderly die or having children born. And you say, well, this child is defective, so we're going to put this child uh, out in the woods to die. That is normative for broken, yeah. fallen, sinful human beings. And it is only because yeah. of the Bible that we have been able to say emphatically, no, we, we, we cannot uh, dehumanize the Jews. We should not dehumanize uh, the Africans. We should not. We have to treat everyone according to what the Bible says. And that extends to the womb. And so it's a radical narrative yeah. in history. But it's beautiful. Uh, adoption is beautiful. Uh, and we need to tell this story over and over and over again so everybody gets it. Well, Kirk Cameron, we're, we're out of time, but I want to remind people again. Thank you, Eric. Lifemark is the film. Lifemark, uh, you can go to lifemarkmovie.com. It's streaming on PureFlix. You can get a copy. It's a, just a happy, happy story. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.